This is Live Well Talk on stroke, signs, symptoms, and treatment. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. When it comes to a stroke, time is of the essence. Today, as we recognize National Stroke Awareness Month, we'll discuss the warning signs, uh, the treatment and support offered at St. Luke's and much more. My guests today are Kelly Prinney, a nursing supervisor, and Rhapsody Kirkpatrick, a patient care coordinator at St. Luke's. Thank you both for joining me. Thank, Thank you for having us. Let's just start out with some simple uh, background. Can you de describe your, your each of your respective roles as it uh, applies to uh, stroke care here at St. Luke's? Sure. Um, I work on the Five Center, which is the neurology floor. We take care of the stroke patients. So we see patients that come in for stroke um, either directly from the emergency room or from the intensive care if they are their first getting treatment. And then we take care of them on the inpatient unit until they're ready to go on for either more therapy or ready to go home. And I'm the patient care coordinator for um, Five Center on the neuro floor. And my role there is to kind of assist with the discharge plan. So I work with therapy very closely, determine um, what the best discharge plan would be for a patient and kind of assist in getting that implemented. You know, I think as a physician, uh, I can confidently say that I think stroke is the diagnosis that patients fear the most, probably only second to cancer. Uh, and that is because the risk of it leaving you disabled uh, and they don't want to be a burden on their families and, and have that quality of life taken away. So let's start out. What exactly is a stroke? So a stroke is um, when there's a lack of blood supply to the brain, um, whether it's interrupted somehow or there's a complete blockage. And then hence, that's why the time is of the essence, because blood supply is cut off and tissue dies after a while if it doesn't have blood supply. Correct. Then what is a TIA? That, that term is thrown around, and I think patients would benefit from knowing what that is. So that is what we refer to as a mini stroke or a trans ischemic attack. So that's kind of like what we call a warning for a patient. So you will have stroke symptoms, but they will resolve. They can be quickly within minutes. And um, within 24 hours is what we determine to be called a mini stroke or a TIA. If they resolve within 24 hours. If they hours. resolve within 24 hours, yes. What are some common signs and symptoms? Uh, specifically, when should a patient either call 911 or be transported to the emergency room? What symptoms should that should trigger them to seek medical attention? So when we talk about a stroke, um, the symptoms are, we refer to them as anything that happens suddenly. So it would be, a, we use the acronym, acronym BFAST. So the B would be balance. If you've lost your balance or are having trouble with your gait or walking, the E stands for eyes. So anything that would be um, different in your vision, blurred or double vision, or you're losing some of your visual field. Um, next would be F for face. If you have, um, it'd be like a droop or um, numbness or tingling in your face. Next would be, A would be for arm. So any weakness, sudden weakness on one side or the other. Um, S is for speech, and that would be trouble getting out your words or slurred speech. And then T is the last thing for time. And so we refer to um, time as brain. So it's important to get to the hospital right away so you can get that appropriate treatment. 
and Kelly, when we talk about time, how much time? Can you give people a window of time that they should seek care? So what happens is when people get symptoms, you know, they don't always know for sure if it's if it's real or if it's not. So a lot of times people will get like a numbness or tingling or weakness or they have a severe headache and they'll think, okay, I'm just going to lay down for a while and see if it goes away. Well, that's that's wrong. We need them to get there right away. So what people don't realize is that we're lucky now with stroke that we have a, a treatment, a medication that they can give called TPA. And if you are eligible for that and you get that medication, a lot of times you can see complete reversal of your symptoms. So it's very important. And there is a window of opportunity for that medication. So it's um, four and a half hours. And it's important that you get to the hospital within that as soon as you can, because once you get to the hospital, there's lots of things they need to do to be able to give you that medication. So we really want people to, if they have symptoms, to come immediately. And, and I guess the best treatment for a stroke would be not to have one. Yeah, right. that's so true. <laughs> so so what, what are some risk, risk factors that patients could possibly uh, control that might um, reduce their chance of having a stroke? Right, so the way you can help with those controllable risk factors, like high blood pressure is a controllable risk factor. If you go to your primary care doctor every year, like you're supposed to for your yearly visits, and they're monitoring your blood pressures like they should be, they can get you put on medications to manage that. Um, having your lipids checked, so you're like your cholesterol levels, getting put on statins to help with that, monitoring your diet. Um, exercising will help kind of decrease your risk of having a stroke, and then just maintaining a healthy lifestyle overall. And so what's the role of aspirin? So an aspirin is an antiplatelet. So what that does is it makes those um, cells in your blood that form clots and stick. Like if you got a cut, they would be what would go to help clot that and make the bleeding stop. Well, an aspirin is considered an antiplatelet. So what it does is it makes those cells sticky less sticky so that the blood flows more freely and can get everywhere it needs. I think that's, uh, aspirin's a powerful medication, really. You know, uh -huh. if it was if it invented in 1880 in Germany, if it was invented today, it'd probably be about five bucks a pill. And yeah, we, isn't that true? Uh, you talked about the TPA or the uh, clot-busting drug, uh -huh. and that we want to get that within about four and a half hours uh, upon presentation. What is, what is the complication of that medication, the, the most worrisome complication? Well, the most worrisome complication is bleeding. And so when you come into the hospital, the first thing that will happen when you reach the emergency room is you will go to um, x-ray for a CAT scan. And that's to determine whether or not you have any bleeding in your brain because there are different types of stroke. There are hemorrhagic strokes, so that would be the bleeding ones. And then the ischemic strokes, which would be from a blockage, be it a blood clot or um, cholesterol, that type of thing. So they want to determine, first of all, to make sure that your brain doesn't have any bleeding so that you would be eligible to get that medication. Okay. And then, then you could get it. Then, but then, obviously, if, that, if you want to make sure they didn't have bleeding, then a complication of that medication is probably excessive bleeding. It would be, but the risks of the benefit of the medication really outweigh the bleeding. They've shown, you know, it's way more beneficial to get the medication. Um, there are quite a few things they check when you come in the emergency room before they would ever give it to you. 
So if you were on any um, medications that would thin your blood, that would be some uh, contraindication for that medication. Um, if you had blood in your brain, of course, they check different labs. They're in contact with the neurologist and they do a lot of consulting to decide if you're eligible for it, but they have really shown that it's way more of a benefit than a risk to give that medication. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I have a stroke and I have a, a, a leg that's not moving or an arm that's not moving, uh, is it possible for those that deficit, uh, that paralysis, if you will, to get better? I think there's always a possibility. I think every patient is different, though. So we have to do a good job of individualizing our care for every patient. Um, we've had patients come in who have complete left sided weakness and paralysis, and they end up walking out of here. We do have a really good rehab um, here that is exceptional with our stroke patients, and they do a great job of getting the therapies that they need and helping to make them get as independent and back to their baseline as possible. But then you do have some instances where, unfortunately, the stroke is so severe that you continue to, to have deficits afterwards. So it's important to have resources available to you. And that's what we do here at St. Luke's is we provide those resources for you to be as successful as possible, regardless of what deficits you have or may not have after you leave. And it, we have a dedicated stroke unit. We have a rehab services that which are award-winning and, and certified. Um, but I, I think you're being a little bit, bit modest from the standpoint that uh, from a joint commission or a regulatory agency, we we do have certification for stroke, correct? We do, mm -hmm. yeah, we're, re we're really proud of that. Um, there's a lot of effort that goes into that throughout the whole hospital with a lot of different departments that help from radiology to lab, to the emergency room, to the rehab units, to therapies. And we do our best to provide the best state-of-the-art stroke care that we can. Is it after I have a stroke, is it is there such thing as it's too soon to do therapy? And also, uh, I probably don't want to wait and put off therapy for an extended period of time either, correct? Yeah. Um, really, the only thing that keeps people from starting therapy right away would be as, as if their blood pressure was still, you know, abnormally high. That would be one thing. If they do get the um, TPA or that clot buster, they spend a night in the intensive care unit and they wait um, for 24 hours to start therapy after receiving that medication. So those are the two things that would hold you up, but most of the time therapy is initiated the same day that they come in. Okay, so get right after it. Right, mm -hmm. right. Now, I think, I think one thing that we should probably cover because I'm sure people are thinking about this is, you mentioned a CAT scan in the emergency room, Kelly, mm -hmm. um, but then I know patients and family members have had to wait around to get the MRI. Why, why does the neurologist order the MRI after you have a, a CAT scan that might not show anything? So the CAT scan is, is done just initially to find out if there's any bleeding, and that's it. It will not show a stroke for up to 72 hours after the stroke has occurred. The MRI scan, which is usually done later that day or the next day, will um, show an, a stroke right away, an ischemic event right away. So that's okay. why they go ahead and do that. Kelly and Rhapsody, we talked about preventing that first stroke and getting uh, recovery and therapy from the, the stroke. 
if I recover from that stroke, is there, do I have a risk factor to get another stroke on top of one that I've previously had? Yes, you're actually at a higher risk of having another stroke because you have already had one. Okay, so you live in that neighborhood, so to speak, that you should yeah. be. So that's why it's so important to address those risk factors and follow up with those. Um, one of the things we do at St. Luke's here is when every stroke patient is discharged, we schedule them a follow-up appointment. What we have here is a stroke clinic, and what they do at that stroke clinic is go over those risk factors and make sure everything is covered from pressure, blood pressure, cholesterol. Um, if they have any heart arrhythmias, they would follow up on those. Um, a lot of times people are sent home with an event monitor to monitor their heart rate for 30 days, and they'll follow up with that at your visit. Also, another um, risk factor is sleep apnea, and we don't address that as an inpatient. That's done as an outpatient, but they would schedule the um, patient then for a sleep study to have as an outpatient to follow up with that risk factor. So they they do a lot of educating at that meeting and or the appointment, and they also, you know, go through those risk factors again and make sure they've addressed all of them. Let's well, get kind of a make sure nothing fell through the crack, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned heart problems, Kelly. Um, I, guess, I guess we really didn't cover that, uh, that you can have a clot that's in your heart that, that travels to the brain and causes a stroke. Patients might not understand why they're getting an ultrasound of their heart when it's their brain that was affected. So that, that was a good point to mention that. So, so the takeaways are be suspicious. Don't wait for symptoms to evolve any more severe than they are when they present. Use 911. Yes. That's very important. Do not drive if you are having symptoms of a stroke. The other thing people don't realize is when you do call 911, they alert the hospital that a stroke alert is coming in. And here at St. Luke's, the emergency physician will meet that patient in the ambulance bay, do a quick assessment, and they'll go right to CAT scan. So they, if you walk in, you're greeted at the desk, you're triaged there. You might sit a little bit, whereas if you come in 911, they have that stroke alert. They know you're coming and things get done a lot faster. So, OK, well, that's good to know. Hence, time is of the essence. So that's yes. why we get on time is brain. Time is brain. That, that's good <laughs> advice. Well, Kelly Rhapsody, that, thank you so much for taking time and discuss uh, stroke with National Stroke Awareness Month. Awesome information. Again, that was nursing supervisor Kelly Prinney and patient care coordinator Rhapsody Kirkpatrick with St. Luke's Hospital. For more information, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.